Hello and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. If you would like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, please visit our website at hopeforvermont.org. As well as if you're enjoying these podcasts, check out the live streams at Hope for Vermont on YouTube. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Jesus, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your salvation. We thank you for your mission, your plan, your purpose to save us, to redeem us, to restore us, to make us new. We think it's not just for those that are watching or listening that go to a local church or profess your name, but that it's all would know your salvation. And Father, may we be reminded of the urgency to share with others through a smile, through an extended hand, through our lifestyle, through prayer, through intercession, through being like you, that we would share with others your hope. Father, for those that are grieving, for those that are mourning loss, for those that are suffering another holiday without a loved one, without a close friend, we just pray that you would fill those gaps, that your presence would be the lifter of our head, that you would bring comfort and strength. But, Father, that we would know the hope of your salvation, the joy of your salvation. Let us be filled with your peace and your love, your hope and your joy. Jesus, we thank you for this Christmas season and this time that we could celebrate you. We thank you for technology. We thank you, Father, that your presence is with us. It is not limited by distance or space or time, but your presence is with each of us. May we respond in obedience to the calling, the wooing of your heart for our heart to know you, our creator, that we are beautiful, that we are your ambassadors, that you've called us to your purpose. So Jesus, we say thank you because you see so much in us as we remain with you in God. We thank you, Father, and it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen, and thank you so much for uh, taking part. We do thank you for Pastor Kenny and for those that I mentioned earlier. It's so awesome to have a team that supports us as we continue to uh, move forward with the mission of God here at Living Hope Wesleyan Church. Advent, we celebrate Advent. We celebrate the arrival, the anticipation, the second coming of the anointed one, the chosen one. That's Jesus, the one that loves our soul. That's Jesus, the one that we care about because he cares for us. The anointed one, the chosen one, Christos, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. We celebrate the hope, the peace, the love, the joy of Advent. Those themes leading up to Christmas, and unfortunately, I was not uh, on top of my game this year, and so I'm just highlighting a couple. Last week, we highlighted hope. This week, we're highlighting love, highlighting love, and we look at Mark from last week, where Mark said that uh, the good news about Jesus the Messiah, from the New Living Translation, we highlight the good news about Jesus the Messiah. The love of God, I believe it's the third verse. Could we with ink the ocean fill? And were the skies of parchment made? Were every stock on earth a quill? And every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole. The stretch from sky to sky. That is 
the love of God. That is, this is the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as a prophet Isaiah had written, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. How amazing that is to know the good news of Jesus, the good news of Jesus. Luke 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of King David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged, engaged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, Jesus, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. In Luke 2, verse 20. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told, just as they had been told, just as they had been told. This was not a nursery rhyme, a fairy tale, a myth, a legend, or one of Aesop's fables. This was not a made-up story to make you feel good, to get kids to uh, think and come to church on a special day, not a time where we think of of, wow, to be a kid and believe that, that was so much fun. But this is so much more than a nursery rhyme. It was what the shepherds got to experience after the knowledge of seeing and hearing what the angels had told them. They got to experience in wisdom the truth of who Jesus is. This is what is available to us. This is the love of God that we get to experience Jesus in his fullness, not just as a baby, not just as a Christmas story, but as the reality of the one that cares for us came that we might have life, that we might experience his truth. Gnosko, that we might experience the knowledge in a real way in every facet of all five senses that we would know Jesus and that we could make him known because we get to experience 
his truth, gnosko, not just to know facts and figures, but to know through experience, through tangible touch to life change that Jesus cares for us. We look at a weird passage, perhaps on this Christmas Sunday or Sunday before Christmas, John 4, 21, woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Believe me, a time is coming. A time is coming when you will know salvation. Well, let's back up to uh, John 4, 4, 1 and 2. And Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. He was gaining. Jesus was gaining in his reputation. It was really the disciples that were doing the baptism, but they were doing it in the name of Jesus. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. Jesus, renowned, Jesus' name was getting out there because people weren't concerned about themselves. The disciples saying, hey, look, I'm baptizing. But they were saying, look, I'm doing this for the one that is the Savior. I am performing because Jesus wants to gain in knowledge and he wants to gain in experience so we can gain in wisdom and in truth. Now he had to go through Samaria. He had to go through Samaria. He had to go through the town. You could say that uh, those places that you try to avoid, he had to go through the ghetto. He had to go through the place where they vote differently. He had to go through Washington, D.C. He had to go through the swamp. He had to go through wherever you would say you do not want to go because you are uncomfortable, because they believe different, they think different. He had to go to that country that persecutes Christians. He had to go there. He had to go to present the gospel. He had to go through Samaria. When the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Jesus always begins with a question. Will you? Will you follow me? Will you obey me? Will you know my salvation? Will you surrender your life, sacrifice your life for what I have? Something more, something better, something greater, something that will fulfill you, something that only Jesus can give. Will you give me a drink is what Jesus asks this woman. Will you, this woman that is rejected, this woman that is alone, this woman that is at the well at a time that people aren't there, she was there at the time that Jesus would knew he could have a conversation with her. She was there at a time that God knew that his son could offer salvation. And so we go on to say in John 4, 9 through 11, the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? How can you ask me? How many times have we said that same response to Jesus? Jesus, do you know who I am? You are God. You are the Savior. You are deity. What are you doing asking me? I'm a failure. I am a sinner. I have committed so much disruption that why are you asking me? Isn't there somebody better, somebody greater. And Jesus is saying, I am asking you. How can you ask me? Because he sees his creation, what he desires them to become. He wants us to obey him. Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you the living water. Why don't we ask Jesus for the gift of God? 
because we're intimidated, because we're nervous, because sometimes we wonder like, Jesus, is it real? Could it really be? And can we go boldly before you and say, God, I want victory. I need salvation. I need your healing. I am just distraught, whether physically, mentally, financially, relationally, I need your help. We can go to Jesus proclaiming we need the gift of God. We don't have to wait for him to ask us, but in his faithfulness, in his goodness, and understanding who we are, he presents this gift and saying, hey, this is what I can present. I'm asking you, will you? Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Where can I get this living water? Where? Well, we jump ahead a few verses and Jesus answered everyone who drinks this water, speaking of the literal water from the well, will be thirsty again. How does this apply to Christmas? How does this apply to the story? Well, Jesus came for a very specific purpose and it was not just to be a baby wrapped in a manger in swaddling clothes that we sing about, that we long to look for, for the frankincense, the myrrh, the gold, the things that came when he was a toddler, the things that came when he was a little bit later in life life, but it is for us to know that not just as a baby, not just as an infant, not just as a toddler, not just as a 12-year-old teaching in the temple, not just as those things, but as a man, he came to offer salvation for all of us that we all might know Jesus. And so, verse 14, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And this woman, she says, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Give me this water, sir, Jesus, rabbi, good teacher, good person, good man, one that is a prophet. Give me this water. Are we saying when Jesus says, will you, are we saying, yes, give me this water, give me this water. The story goes on to say that Jesus says, uh, go and tell your husband. And she says, well, I'm not married. Does that disqualify me? I mean, uh, and actually this fifth guy that I'm living with, we aren't really married. And Jesus says, no, I already know that. But this is for you. Thank you for your honesty. This is not just for those that have everything together. This is for everyone that you might know my salvation. You might have this living water, this abundant peace, this overwhelming joy that it all began in a manger but with a specific purpose that Jesus could forgive us and give us peace so we are not filled with anxiety that we are not filled with shame but we have the redemption of Jesus woman believe me a time is coming when you will worship the father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem believe me a time is coming Believe me, a time is coming. A time is coming. Advent is coming. The second coming is on its way. The arrival of Jesus coming for his own those that are redeemed, those that have asked for Jesus to forgive them, those that have confessed with their mouth and believe in their heart, a time is coming. A time is coming, you Samaritans, 
You worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. It began with the Jews. And Jesus made his way through Samaria so that we might follow his example and know that it's for all people. You might know in your head. You might have heard stories. But I'm presenting you this truth, this gospel, this good news, this message that you would know through experience all that Jesus has, all that I am, he is saying, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will follow the will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. True worshipers are those that worship in spirit and in truth, in spirit and in truth. What you do not know that's what you do not understand you do not recognize you do not realize you have this thought this understanding in your mind but you have not experienced it well you do not know but god is saying that i want you jesus is saying that i desire you for to experience this to understand this water that i'm talking about that will never go dry it is not this physical literal wet substance that's clear and it will quench your thirst he's saying that I'm designing you to be a true worshiper, worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And I like spirit. In the original Greek, it's talking about the spirit, the heart, the mind. It's talking about the full body. It's talking about the entire composition of who you are as a person. It's talking about when they ask, teacher, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment, that you would worship him in spirit with everything you have and in truth. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments to love with everything you have, not only to know Jesus as baby, infant, in a manger, rabbi, or martyr. He wants us to believe that there is one God. Could even the demons believe that? And they shudder. He wants us to believe that there is more than that. To know and experience him as Savior and Lord. Just to say, yes, I believe in a higher power. Yes, to say, I believe in a God. I believe in something mystical. I believe in something bigger than myself. That's not enough. Even the demons believe in that. But to know him and experience his salvation, to know that he's calling us to change, to be more like him, because he has something better for us. He has a plan that we might understand, that we can overcome, that we are not to be filled with anxiety, but he can help us through whether he uses medication that's certainly plausible and acceptable but he wants us to know that we find rest and peace the joy of salvation that came as a baby in him through his death and resurrection his ascension and now his intercession for us as he mediates between god and us at the right hand of the father so Isaiah 9, 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Jesus is greater than just being an infant, a baby, a rabbi, a martyr. Jesus is greater than. He is wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. May we be like 
the shepherds who returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Everything that you have been told about Jesus, everything that you wonder, is it true? Is the Bible correct? Can I believe that Jesus would forgive me? Can I believe that Jesus has the best for me and mine? Can I believe that he has a plan for me to prosper, a plan for me to grow in my knowledge of him, that I might share with others his love, his truth, his joy, his peace, his hope? Can I believe it? Yes, be like a shepherd. And return glorifying and praising God to your family dinner, to your workplace, to wherever you go. Praising God for all the things that he has said that we have heard and seen, which were just as we have been told that God loves us and he is for us. He will forgive us. So confess your sins and know that he did not just come to be a baby that we sing about, but he came to be a savior that is returning for us. The second coming that we would return as my dad often prays, that he would return for us, but for someone that we led to him as well. Who are you living this truth in front of that they might know his salvation as this advent, this anticipation, this waiting for the second coming of Jesus would compel them like us to share the good news with others. Wonderful counselor, Prince of peace, mighty God, everlasting father. This is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, we thank you that you love us, that you forgive us, that you heal us, that you help us. We thank you for your presence, that you are with us. We thank you that we can share with others. Merry Christmas. We have a hope of Christos, the Messiah, the chosen one, the anointed one that comes to save and help and give life and joy. Let us know him and make you known. We thank you, Father. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, make sure to visit hopeforvermont.org. As well as don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, where you can catch live stream versions of these services as well as other content. Have a great day.